praise the Lord. This is probably the last time I'll see that video. Uh, probably seen it over 25 times, and I don't know if you're like me when I see myself in the video. It just, like, makes me want to cringe inside. Uh, but praise the Lord that he can do something in the life of a young man who was completely lost in a balcony, Panama City, thinking about suicide and then meets God. And a story like that happens only through God. Amen? And so today, I am honored to be here like always, and we are going to be jumping into another beatitude. Uh, so if you have your Bibles, would you open them up to the book of Matthew chapter 5, and we are going to be in verse 8, blessed are the pure in heart. If you need a Bible, I don't, do y'all pass out Bibles here? No? Okay, never mind. Uh, but if you have a phone, you should have a Bible Matthew chapter 5, verse 8, it says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Now, when I was asked to come here, they told me to preach on the way of obedience. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. And the topic is the way of obedience. And when I began to think about that word, obedience, have, ever, have any of you ever seen The Lion King? The Lion King, yeah, my favorite movie. I'm not ashamed of it. Uh, I'm, I, I will claim it wherever I go. Uh, the Lion King has this part in the movie where something happens with Simba, right? And then, you know, the, the, um, the, the little evil characters, I can't remember even their names, but uh, the ones that laugh all the time, the hyenas, they get beat up by Mufasa, and then they start saying, like, even the name Mufasa, like, gets us to be all nervous. And they start saying, Mufasa, ooh, Mufasa. <laughs> and so I feel like sometimes to Christians, that word obedience has the same effect in their lives. <laughs> it's like, obedience, oh, Lord, take that away. We have been redeemed from it. But it has, a, it has a role. Maybe it's not the role that you've grown up thinking it has, but it does have a role, and I believe it's connected to being pure in heart. Even today, and I usually don't do this, but I'm pretty much going to give you the the, the, the main point of my message at the very front, they say, wait till the middle or toward the end, but I'm going to give it to you right at the front. Even today, as we gathered, 
this passage had the opportunity to become true in your life. And for many of you, as you were worshiping the Lord, you experienced what it means to be pure in heart. Because purity of heart is not sinlessness of life. Many of us think about purity as a lack of, of, of sin in our life. But purity of heart has nothing to do with sinlessness of life. What purity of heart has to do is with the aim of our heart. When we have no pollutant in our heart, where there's no distraction in our heart, but when there is a single focus, a single thing, a single destination in our heart, then our heart becomes pure and we have purity of heart. Think about it this way. Think about when we speak of gold, gold becomes pure as it ceases to mix with other things. I like it. As it ceases to have other things polluting it. And so as our heart has one direction, one motive, as our heart chooses to push away the distractions and focus on one thing, we have reached purity of heart. When we fall into that realm that the psalmist spoke about in Psalms 27 where he says one thing, not many things. I'm not trying to be politically correct. I'm not trying to get my point across. I'm not trying to decipher my rights. One thing have I asked of the Lord and this only shall I seek, that I might dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. That is purity of heart. When our heart has one thing. And so as we were gathered here this morning, we had the opportunity of making this passage true in our life. To focus on one thing. See, the matter and the problem is that we have many idols in our lives that are fighting for our attention. And so maybe as we were worshiping the Lord, you were thinking about what you had to do in the office on Monday. Maybe you were thinking about how someone's not wearing a mask next to you. Maybe you were thinking about how it was so messy getting the kids and the family into the car and coming to church today. But purity of heart says, I'm gonna push these things away. I'm gonna push my rights away. And I'm going to align with the one thing that matters most. 
which is God. Think of it this way. I don't know if you grew up with having like little sound systems in your room. Um, I used to have like this black thing. I don't even know what to call it. It was like a radio. It was like this tall. And it had the chance to play cassettes, CDs, uh, little like the spinner things. I don't even know what those are called. Vinyls, it had the opportunity. I mean, it was like five in one. And it was probably like $1,000. And we paid like, I don't know, 20 for it in a garage sale. And so we have this thing, right? I have this thing in my room. And I'm always trying to pray with worship. I don't know if, if that's the same thing with you, but I'm always trying to pray as I listen to worship. And, and the thing is, when I was growing up, there was only one worship station. And they played the same song over and over again. 104.7 The Fish, I'm just going to say it. But there was a specific station that I had to tune to in order to align, in order to be in the same frequency. And see, the thing about purity of heart is being in the same frequency and aligning ourselves to God, not what we want, not what we think is right, but aligning our thoughts and our minds and our hearts to the frequency of God. And when we do that, the promise of the beatitude is made true in our lives. When we align with the purposes of God, when we align to the will of God, when we are in the same frequency, then we are able to hear God and we're able to see God in our lives. Some of you are playing 95.5 The Beat. It doesn't even exist anymore. So as we look into the passage, we must think through what does Jesus mean when he speaks about purity of heart? There's different types of purities that we encounter in the Bible. We can think of God as being the most pure, holy, set apart, absolutely different without blemish there is no sin around him there's no darkness around him he's absolutely perfect he is pure then we can think about the things that were made by him the angels specifically in Isaiah chapter 6 we are given an opportunity a window to see holy things which 
Angels are, are holy. They, they have no sin within them. But the Bible tells us in Isaiah chapter 6 that, that even the angels, are, they are in the presence of God. They must hide their face with their wings. That is the holiness of God, that even perfect beings hide their face and their feet in an act of, of shame because they are surrounded by such purity and holiness. Even the angels have to do that. And then the Bible tells us that in one voice, they cry out. They, they cry out to one another, holy, holy, holy. And, and, and the reason why it's there several times is because they're saying, what do I see? I see holy. What do you see? I see holy. And then they are all in unison proclaiming the holiness of God. Yet we come to the church. I don't know that song. I don't like it. Let's go move it, move it along. Hasn't been a good day. Lord, come on, show up. Haven't gotten the race I want. You see, when we align ourselves to the heart of God, we are changed by his holiness. And obedience doesn't come out of a place of need or achievement. It comes out of a place of surrender. You see, most people are taught these beatitudes. And in their mind, they think, I must achieve these. But these beatitudes, pureness of heart, poor in spirit, will never be achieved. They must be received by surrender. You must surrender. And when you are around his holiness, when you are just in awe of God, when you align to the frequency of his glory, when you are able to see the bigger picture that is not your feelings or your rights or what you think is what you want or what you need, when you see the bigger picture, And you achieve pureness of heart. You see, when I'm worshiping, when I'm truly aligned, when, I, when I'm just seeing the Lord, I never say to myself, gosh, Lord, I wish I had a race. Lord, I wish you took the precedent away. Lord, I wish the people around me would align to my political view. I don't know about you, but I never have those thoughts. I might be the only one in the room. Not that those things don't matter. They have a place. But when we align our life and our heart to God, we began to see what really and truly matters in our life. And not only that, we begin to live a true Christian life. Because when you are 
align with the frequency, then you can hear the voice. So many people are just living a life based on what the preacher says. Goodness, that's a boring life sometimes. I mean, I never want to live my life just based on the words of a man. And again, they have a place and there's a time and there's goodness that comes out of it. But if you don't align to what this word says and what God is saying to you, you're going to live a very stagnant life. In the video, I said that I pray that the Lord will destroy my horizons. I want to live a life of adventure, and that's what it has been for me. I remember when I first got saved. I was passionate. I wanted to make a difference because God had completely changed my life. And one of my leaders said, well, Lee, you can't live on passion, Lee. That passion is going to go away after a year or two years or three years. And I said, no, it's not. And it's not that I'm living out of a feeling. But the truth of God still excites me. The the imagination of God still pulls me in. Because God's imagination cannot be stuck within four walls. And that's what really brings me to life. It's not being here and, and, and getting to preach, although it's the highest honor of my life. But when I see God move outside these four walls, That's when my heart begins to jump. When I see people who, quote unquote, are not part of the ministry, but are living out their walk outside of these four walls, it brings me to life. Because I know they're in tune with the master. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the ones that have one thing. Blessed are the ones that are after the right thing. Blessed are the ones that are not distracted with all the things life have to offer. Blessed are the ones that have found me. For they will see me. They will see me. God, my question to you is, are you seeing God in your life? Are you seeing God as you walk? He says, you shall, you will see me. You will see me. And so much of this is connected, I believe, to prayer. When someone has a rich prayer life, they have my ear. 
I want to listen to what they're saying because someone that has a rich prayer life has a connection. Over at Lanier, we just started doing some events and we're trying to figure out what works for our community. And as we're figuring this out, we just gather together and, and pray. And someone came up, our children's director, which is amazing and we love her. Her name's Tina Johnson. If you ever meet her, if you know her, just, you know, she's amazing. And she, she says, I wanna do something where I wanna invest on families, I want to invest on marriages, and that's the way I'm going to invest in the next generation. So let's have parents drop off their kids and have them go out and do a date night. I was like, that's genius. I love that. I'm going to drop them at 530. <laughs> <laughs> but as we were praying about it. The Lord just stirred my heart, and I was like, you know what would be really cool? If, if there was like a single mother or a single father or, or, or someone who's struggling that would bring their kid over, and I would, we would just love to take her out to a really nice dinner or ham or whatever, and, and, and I would love to pour into their life. And so we began to pray, and we asked, well, Lord, you know, we don't, we don't really know any single parents like that. We have an event that Wednesday, not the parents' night out. That's what we call it. We have a, an event that Wednesday, which is back to school bash. And then someone, a single mom, drives by the event, never been to our church, sees back to school bash, goes in, and begins to talk to us. And then from there... She leaves her kid on the parents' day night out, and we take her out to eat, and we hear her story. Her life story has been such a difficult one. She was adopted, never known her parents, just gone through so many things. I said, praise God. Because he's still a God that wishes to be seen by us. Praise God. Because he's still a God that moves. Praise God. If we come before him and align our heart, oh, he will do it. Yes, praise him. Thank you, one Pentecostal person in the back. <laughs> I love it. I th oh, it's my mom. <laughs> Thank you, mom. <laughs> Through the beatitude, God, Jesus also tells us to focus on the things that really matter, the, the heart. Not just the external expressions of our desires, but he says, actually go to the root of the desires. Go to that place that's intimate. Go to that place where life springs forth 
the heart. It says, the Bible says that we are to guard it for all the decisions of our life come from it. Jesus is not interested just in a clean exterior, a clean outside. But God wants to do an inward renovation of all of our lives. I just told you an awesome story about, you know, how God moved in our church and, 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 and he's going to continue to do that. But if I don't do an internal work, myself, Lee Lopez, Monday morning, after a day of preaching the entire day, thinking through ideas, like Monday morning, my little daughter Sophia wakes up. She wakes up at two in the morning. Dada, dada. Oh, Sophia. Sophia, I got to sleep, girl. Goes back to sleep, wakes up at 7. My wife has a 7 to 7 uh, shift. She's a nurse, so she's not there. I got to figure it all out. Not really. My wife leaves all the, like, you know, she leaves breakfast, lunch, and dinner. <laughs> but still, you know, I got to, like, put the shoes on and all this stuff. And, but Sophia doesn't want to cooperate and my flesh comes out, and I want to scream, and I want to say, this is unfair. It's in the secret places when no one sees except God where the heart will be shaped. You can't shape it through external actions. It's only in the secret place where no one can see where the heart will be shaped. I remember the last meeting we had with Buddy Hoffman and for those of you who don't know Buddy Hoffman, he's the founder of the Grace Family of Churches. And at this time, he was very sick and knew that he was going to pass away soon. He, he didn't show it, but you could see it. And Buddy got up. He wasn't supposed to speak that day or share, you could tell as he was getting up, he was winded. and He was definitely on his last leg. And he got up there, and he said, I have a bruised thumb. Okay. And he said, it's, it's painful, 
and it's dark into the world, that's what they can see. But what's going to take me is what's happening inside of me. And sometimes, as people, we choose to focus on the most obvious, on the most painful, on the thing that everybody can see. But what really is causing those effects is what's going inside of us. And therefore, the importance of not just focusing on external sin, but focusing on internal renovation. And I want to end this passage by speaking to you about how to do that. First off, it must be something that the Lord creates in us. Psalms 51.10 says, create in me a clean heart, O God, and put a new and right spirit within me. It's not through achieving, it's through surrender. A pure heart is the outcome is the fruit of a new creation. Let's go to 1 Peter, and, and this is going to be in your screen. 1 Peter 1, verses 22 to 23. Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth, for a sincere love of the brethren, love one another earnestly from the heart. You have been born anew, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and abiding word of God. By our obedience to the truth, we purify our souls. And obedience is in alignment, in alignment to a higher will than ours. Through the living and the abiding word of God. through the living and the abiding word of God. The band can come on up as we conclude this morning. I don't know, did I go over my time? No? Okay, nice. Yeah, that's a big achievement for me. So, in conclusion... Brothers and sisters, we achieve purity of heart by the surrender of our will, by aligning our life to the bigger purposes of God. 
When we do that, we get to see God in our circumstances, in our struggles, in our mountains, and in our valleys. I love this beatitude because when I read this beatitude, it's one of the first ones where I'm like, well, definitely don't have that. The other ones, you know, the first one, blessed is the poor in spirit, which means blessed are you when you come into the presence of the king and you have nothing to offer. I qualify. Blessed are you who mourn when you are so broken that God has to bring the pieces together and build you up again. I qualify. But when we get to the purity of heart, it seems like it's something so foreign to me, so far-fetched. there was a worship song that just really touched me and it says I've gotten beauty for ashes and I've gotten joy instead of mourning when we truly understand this beatitude we recognize that this is something that the Lord gives to us. As a father, when a child comes to him and asks for something, this is not something we ought to strive for or fight for, but this is something that happens when we dwell with our father. Completely out of our reach yet so close to us when we abide so even as we enter this next part of our worship service my prayer is that you would not miss the opportunity of pureness of heart that you would focus on the king that you would say to him, you can have my heart. I want you to take away the distractions. I want you to take away the pain. I want you to take away the misery. I want you to take away the shortcomings. I want you to take away this attitude of not being enough. I want you to take away this idea that I can reach it on my own. You can have my heart, God. Transform me, shape me, shake me. I want to see you. Who's 
prayer is that this morning. I want to see you, God. Raise your hands unashamed. I want to see you, God. It's not for me to see. This is for God. We're within his presence. I want to see you in my family. I want to see you in my community. I want to see you in my church. I want to see you through my daily living. I want to see you at my workplace. I want to see you in the lives of my children. I want to see you, God. It's not going to happen if there's other things in front of you. It's not going to happen if someone else is in the throne of your heart. But if you're here this morning and you say, God, what I want one is you. Don't give me anything else. I quit the house. I quit the lake house. I quit the boat. I quit pursuing the things of this world. All I want is you. Then you can receive today purity of heart. I'm done. Let's seek the Lord with all of our heart this morning.